talk about revolution that's going a little bit too far. So love me, love me, love me. I'm a liberal. Hello, and welcome once again to More Like the Worst Wing, the podcast where we in 2019 take a look at aaron sorkin's seminal tv classic the west wing um for a bit more leftist socialist perspective here in Hellworld. um i'm Stu, and i am dave and this week we have what would be a, a two-parter but we're gonna cram it all into one episode because i got really tired of dealing with this arc in chopped up yes chunks likewise because this will be the so little season happens finale. until yes. <laughs> until the fucking end of it this is the uh, the momentous occasion of the episode Two Cathedrals, often which we- often cited as a fan favorite, uh, routinely appearing in the top five of all time best worst wing episode lists, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Yes, the one believe, where Bartlett um, swears in Latin in a church. <laughs> so I, b- I believe it is often, like you said, referenced as one of the best episodes of television ever made. Right. Um. And uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know about that one. Uh, uh, um, so what we're going to do is we'll briefly talk through the setup for two cathedrals because again, this has been like a five arc series mm-hmm. dealing with the breaking of the news of the president's MS diagnosis. Mm-hmm. That sort of it blends these two episodes together. The one before it is called 18th and Potomac, which we've recorded some stuff about but we'll just blend that right into um our chat about two cathedrals because it sets it up nicely yes one can worship on a star two can make that wish come true yeah one can stand alone in the dark two can make the light shine through it takes two baby it takes two baby me and you just take two all right, so the this this arc has been building for several episodes yes. now, and so 18th and Potomac is sort of the 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 final like it is it's the straw that breaks the proverbial back. The However, penultimate episode. Yes, the the penultimate episode. However, it takes the whole episode to get there. Yes. So it behooves us to talk a little bit about 18th and Potomac, even though there isn't a whole lot of meat. In this as a standalone episode. No, um, but you need your potatoes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we open in this time around with a like a, a midnight meeting venue. The staff has Ooh. a room secured in the basement and Josh is all talking about like this seems somewhat conspiratorial with the, the, the undertone being like, well, I it is conspiratorial, <laughs> dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> literally committing conspiracy. Yeah, what do you uh, so want from me? <laughs> they're all gathered to hear Joey's top secret poll results that Josh commissioned in the last episode uh, at the airport. Um, and he, before they even read them, he asks, like, Joey's like, is there anything in there at all I'm going to like? And Joey says, we are, in fact, eating more beets. <laughs> <laughs> Love me some beets, man. Which, hey, I, I think that's good news for the country. They're a healthy food, and beet farmers will surely enjoy the aggregate demand increase. That seems <laughs> keep, like a win-win as as far as polling goes. Keep you regular. <laughs> make you, your poop a funny color sometimes. Beets are great. I just think they're neat. So they, they know, like, there's there's no good numbers in here for them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, so President comes in, 
and they do the whole like you know he and before they start they're about to start reading out the numbers and president's like wait hang on does anyone know kenny's last name kenny is <laughs> joey's interpreter and uh and it's like really you're just now caring about this they're about to leak the story in like 24 hours do you really think kenny's gonna run out of the room and fucking like go find a reporter or can you trust this man to not do that well, and I mean, it's it's sort of I mean, it's obviously like a um, it's a beat for comedy. Sure, because, yeah, absolutely. Because they're just and like, it's funny because no one does know Kenny's last name because <laughs> yeah, I think even we don't the, either in the official podcast they things said the writers had to come up with one after this episode or something <laughs> like that. Um, and I mean, again, sort of it, it becomes explicit along with the Josh and Leo discussion. That's like, well, like. It was never covert what we're doing. Like, right. we are now through that particular looking, looking glass, everybody. Right. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> way past covert at this point. Uh, so their po- the polling numbers are all real terrible shit. You know, like, you know, the, your hypothetical governor of Michigan who li- lied about his degenerative disease uh, has like 77% disapproval rating after this. Uh, like 77% of voters would not vote for him again because he lied. You know, just real shit polling. Uh, uh, an interesting detail that I like is her sample size is well and above most of the garbage primary polling uh, that we've seen in this particular cycle. Oh, yeah, her MOE is, like, within 2% <laughs> or yeah, something. Her even. sample it's size like, is, like, 1,100 registered yeah. voters in Michigan. That's great for a state poll. Yeah, uh, we're, we're getting 500 voters for national polling. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Yeah. Ooh. Ooh, <laughs> biostats. Um yeah, well, and so you wrote an interesting thing that it's like um, I had mentioned that it was sort of yeah. funny that so I like CJ takes here. a moment. Yeah. CJ takes a moment to be like, oh, my God, we just lost Florida because they're referencing 55 year old white women, women. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Elderly is. women. Yeah. And so I I think that it's like that it, that is a very. Uh, OK, so you're digging in on a poll to numbers Fuckstein your way out of this somehow but it's like you were on that trip last episode of being like the fall's gonna kill you so like who cares what state you lose right you know you're gonna you lose everything now. it's you're either it's all done. or nothing yeah. yeah i think she's just picking out out that as just sort of a symptom of like oh we're, we are fucked <laughs> like we lost florida that's ever you know she's basically just well, saying and, we've lost and like, at that at that point that what like florida was like the if you don't state, win Florida, right. you yeah. don't win the election. Everything. So, yeah. yeah. We, yeah so, we I, I get it on that. I get it on that. It's 2000 and everything. Yeah, yep. obviously. So, yeah, uh, yeah the, I think this all tracks because this is the fall. She realizes, oh, this is the fall that's killing us, and we're in it right now. <laughs> this <Yeah>. is bad. <laughs> well, then we close the, uh, then, we close yeah, the cold open. I, lo- I like... love the way they close the cold In fact, <laughs> just put the clip in. It's perfect. 62% of Democrats aren't going to vote for you. 65% of those describing themselves as liberal aren't going to vote for you because you lied. Joey, is there any good news in there at all? No, sir. Just straight up into the credits music. (laughs) Like, nope, get fucked. You're all fucked. (laughs) Zero good Thanks for your money. No redeeming (laughs) information in there whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so then we come out of the cold open straight into the quote-unquote meat of this particular episode, which is 
uh, Haiti is having a fucking coup. Yeah. They, this is, it's strictly, um, it's, it's a very, it's a strange place for the, the show to go because Mm -hmm. it is a, it is a, I guess uh, they just want to give them like an emergency to deal with while dealing with MS to, to make the pressure all the more intense, but it comes out of nowhere. It comes out of literally, we haven't heard that like tensions are increasing in Haiti or anything like that. Or like, in fact, we haven't touched foreign policy in so long. That it feels like the writers are just like, oh, we need another crisis. Uh, foreign policy. <laughs> like, you well, know, throw, throw a dart at the wall and see what it lands on. So, and it's it's interesting that they, the, the writers sort of bounce from um, proverbial third world hellhole to third world hellhole, if yeah. you will, to have a coup. Because it's almost like they're pulling from the American conception of these ideas like it was just Indian the rest Pakistan of the, con- the rest of the world's just a fucking mess <laughs> all <laughs> it was the Indian time. Pakistan it was Colombia that the 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 president specifically references again um mm-hmm. relative to this so it's just like holy did you know yeah we just, he, we he just says pick I had one. to pull nine guys nine bodies out of Colombia or whatever yeah well and, and you just pick one because nobody is gonna is gonna look at or internalize this portion of the show. It's just seriously. not America. It's yeah. the rest of the world. And Which, you can all lump it together. Um, and it, it drives me fucking nuts because, frankly, in this particular move, like Haiti is the place that we have spent our entire existence as a national entity fucking with. Yep. Like we had, we did the revolution. Haiti did the revolution, and our white motherfucking patriarchs were like, Toussaint Louverture cannot be allowed to do what we did. So how do we, like, shit on these people for hundreds of years? Yep. And it turns out it works. Wow, yep. it's like, if you're a hegemon, you can do whatever the fuck you want to yep. other countries. We're the empire. Isn't it great being mm. the world's most predominant superpower? You can just literally <laughs> do anything, and who's going to call you on it? Who can call you on it? So... It's funny because they, this actually gets, like, the the Bartlett gets upset about how shitty this becomes because, like, right. da- and it's yeah, all it's so all there, unimportant. We, there's like a mini Benga- reverse Benghazi moment, I like to yeah. call it, where instead of uh, some some Americans dying, it's some foreign nationals get shot by Americans while they're while they're uh, evacuating the embassy. Uh, yep. Rest in peace, vile rat. Uh, <laughs> um. And yeah, so they end up shooting three of the re- rebels. Yeah, Haitian yeah, rebels. Haitian rebels. Uh, some Marines shoot them, and Bartlett gets like super fucking pissed. And Leo's like, "Man, this is what happens. This is like war. You know, they tried to board an American warplane, and we had to fucking shoot them. Like, this is what being Empire is, you dumbass. Like, and it, yeah." yeah. <laughs> It it plays it plays with an interesting um, an interesting presumption of supremacy on the part of the United States because as as we litigate this crisis or we do the crisis management with Nancy McNally in the Situation Room and like Leo going back and forth and bringing the president information the president legitimately thinks of this as being like a video game he's like but why can't I go to like my overseer screen. And check my statistics mm-hmm. thing, like, in real yeah. time to I, see I what's going on. I hit the evacuate embassy button six hours ago. Why, <laughs> why weren't they evacuated instantly? Yeah, and it's, He, he like, really, there is a, that's a common theme throughout the foreign policy bits of this episode, is sort of this presumption that it all should work, 
Like, how come we don't know what's going on on the ground? Like, how come our intelligence doesn't know what's going on? Like, you know, the, the, there's no concept of, like, sometimes just shit ain't working, yo. Like, yeah. sometimes you just can't get info that you need right away. Well, and I, I feel like there's almost a feedback loop there with a technocratic approach to foreign policy in a certain mm-hmm. way. Because it's like, your information, you have to approach it from a perspective that your information is constantly out of date. So the true skill in managing a crisis like this should be an ability to look down the road at a broader... Yes, exactly. Not not just react constantly and constantly ask like, well, what's the update? Okay, now that I know the update, I can react. (laughs) And yet here we are. To go proactive and actually just say like, okay, here is my goal. Here's the strategy we're going to do to do it. If this happens, here's a, a contingency. You and, know, you have to come come at it like that, not come at it reactively. And and I think just sort of in an overarching theme, wrap up real quick. The if you take that an ecosystemic approach or something that necessitates a long view of things, yes. it almost also necessitates a less belligerent and more cooperative approach. Yes. to these things and therefore would be better especially right. in a situation Unless your policy like this. is just going to be we'll kill everyone yeah. from now on we will respond to every incident with a tomahawk missile <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that has no bearing whatsoever on the rest of the episode it's just no, a time like nothing like, happens <laughs> fucking we get no resolution or whatever i i guess the resolution is coup coup happened coup yes. happens man you know and it, it wraps up with them being Test like they found it was coup. Like they they found our 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 puppet installation of a president and executed him in the public square. So, yeah, the one cool. the one Guadito of yeah. of, of <laughs> fictional West Wing Haiti got fucking murked. Uh, so after after riding around in a trunk for like a whole day. So uh, that happens. Um, we get a little bit oh, more of the Haiti. the relationship of. The knowledge of the president's health crisis spreading through the staff. Yes. There's a brief, brief moment where Donna learns um, it's good. what's up. And it's very good because it very takes good. about two and a half minutes, even mm-hmm. less. And Toby is just like, hey, here's the deal. And she asks, is the president okay? And well, that's it. More, she says, is the president currently in pain? Uh, oh, which yeah. I liked. Is was a really nice question of like, not is he okay on like a fundamental level, but is he currently suffering? And yes. uh, Toby tells her, no, no, it's fine. He's in remission. She's like, okay. And he starts to give her the spiel about, like, now I can't have you tell anyone this, but... Uh, like, we get yeah, that. Yeah, he and- starts giving her the, you can't tell anyone about this. She just cuts him off, like, Toby, yeah, of course. Like, I <laughs> like, know, man. Duh. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking duh. <laughs> so... Uh, I do we- like that he tells her, like, you're the first assistant to know. Margaret doesn't know. Ginger and Bonnie don't know. Yep. Donna... Mrs. Landingham doesn't even fucking know. <laughs> like, that's... I like that. You know, not only the, are they working her back into prominence by giving her lines, but they're working her in by saying, like, even the president's personal secretary doesn't know about the MS thing yet. Yep. And yeah. there's a bunch of other things where it's like, um, they start to arrange with the news media how they're going to um, break the news to the country and right. like it's, it all feels like it's fucking fiddling in the margins again. 
And but I mean, I guess to a part degree, of it that's... is just logistics. Like I yeah. think part of it is like you just have to do figure this out. But then I think part of them is like you know you want to focus on anything but the actual dealing with it. And so like here's a detail we can kind of get worked up about whether it'll be live or live to tape or 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 edited or like you know and they just fought fiddle around with the margins on that for a little bit and to give them to give their wonk brain something to do <laughs> yeah well <laughs> while they're working it out I, I wrote this down specifically we get a fucking mary tyler moore show reference oh my god because yeah. cj's like dude ted baxter would ask ask a question about that and right. because i'm not 65 fucking years old it's a good thing my parents are so i know who ted baxter is but it's like ooh, going for real broad demographic appeal here yeah like uh, what, <laughs> he's he's a, the he's the idiot no news i know i'm trying on, to yeah. think of like what's a better contemporary like wasn't news radio on at the time like pick a character from that like or from like um uh what are the there are a ton of sitcoms in the night like um I don't know if anybody's like a news anchor but like you could make a like a just shoot me reference or something right yeah, it's like, like anybody so anyway this, this is a, <laughs> a minor a minor point and that all sort of wraps up into um Oliver Babish breaks in and says hey um Abby they have an interaction with the president's wife where he comes in and says this is gonna be more trouble for you and i yes. want you to get a personal lawyer right and she's like well i have the family lawyer and he knows he's like no 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 your own lawyer your your family lawyer is going to pick out a new lawyer for just for you and she's like well why the hell would i need my own lawyer and he's like because you as <laughs> in your role as doctor gave the president medicine uh you are and, like super and filled double your complicit. own filled your own prescriptions uh, had them shipped around to the campaign, uh, thus violating multiple states' uh, <laughs> medical ethics uh, requirements. Uh, and just like, you are in a, a potential shitload of legal trouble here, so you need your own lawyer. And yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's it, you know, kind of puts more scope on exactly what, you know, what the stakes are here. You know, like, Abby could, in theory you know, do time for this in practice. Of course not, you know, like, but in theory, like she's done, she's done crime. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's a, it's also frankly a, a degree of exposure that nobody else has. Right. Um, and so that's, by, that's by all violating. Fine. And as she says, you know, Abby explains it with, you know, well, we all write crap for our own families, for migraines and for, you know, what, whatever. And I'm like, I'm sure that does happen, but this is a level beyond that. This isn't writing your pr husband a prescription for some, like, extra-strength Tylenol yeah. that has the good coding because his back hurts. This is, you were covering up MS for the president. This is, the scope is way beyond. You know, she tries yep. to write it off with, well, we all do it. Like, well, no, Abby, you don't all commit conspiracies. Yeah, and so we're actually, I'd, I'd like to take a brief break because we'll do mm -hmm. one more little segment here about the crux of the episode being the president running for re-election and then the big crisis. Yes.
other part of 18th and Potomac, the episode is um, the sort of the administrative team working out the fact that the president will have to be prepared to like state with a degree of certainty whether he will be seeking re-election right when he makes the announcement about the ms right excuse me so the ted baxter thing that she was referencing earlier when she says even ted baxter the dumb reporter would be able to ask the question the question they're asking is mr president due to this are you going to run for re-election again and so they realize he's going to be asked that literally first thing the second he's exposed to reporters so they need an they need a definitive answer uh, and they all keep telling Leo, like, we need a meet. It's kind of a running gag of, like, we need to talk about this. And he's like, yes, I know. We're, we're doing it tonight. Shut up. And, like, the, each of them keeps coming into the office to barge in about, like, no, we really need to. There's a meeting tonight. Shut up about it. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, the culminating version of this is every character gets to say, like, a brief part of the sentence. It's like, <laughs> we're having a discussion. When is it? Tonight, and it's like <laughs> CJ, Sam, Josh, yeah, they, Leo. they all get it in turn. It's very funny, pretty, pretty snappy, good writing. It's good. Um, and so, like, as they are preparing to have this meeting, there has been a noticeable storyline throughout the rest of the episode where Mrs. Landingham, the president's personal secretary, right. is, who we haven't seen in we four, haven't seen forever, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I honestly um, cannot remember the last episode where she I had think a speaking was, line. Well, I think the last time we heard her speak, and I was actually looking on IMDb to see where she showed up, I think it was in the Ellie episode. Okay. Um, because they're like, I think when Because like Ellie in, talks to her or the sees her yeah. when she comes in? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so that was six episodes ago. Yeah, so all time. of a sudden, now, now she's talking a bunch. Gee, I wonder uh, why. So she, they get this, what seems like a throwaway sort of gag, but anybody with any, like, if you're watching the show critically, like, your hackles are up, because it's, what, well, this doesn't fucking matter Or if you've seen it before, enough. it's just very yeah. funny that, like, it's all obvious foreshadowing. So she's yeah. buying a new car, and they, uh, um, uh, I always call him Dulé for some reason. Charlie, <laughs> Charlie uh, is giving her some sass about, like, the fact that, she didn't get uh, enough options, like a, a super base with a, with a subwoofer and a tow package and all this kind of a crap. A tow package. Uh, for this little 86-year-old lady <laughs> who is like the definition of when you're buying a used car and the guy tries to say like, oh yeah, this little old lady used to own it. She just drive down to the market once a week. That's Mrs. Landingham's routine. <laughs> Exactly. She, she drives into work every day, and she drives to the market once a week. This, this is, what does she need a fucking tow package for, Charlie? So, they're giving her shit, and, like, the president comes in and is like, men like to, you know, the, bring it back here, I'll, I'll kick the tires. And, like, She's Josh like, shows up and is like, hey, hey, Charlie, did you ask me about the extended warranty? And, it's <laughs> and, like, the, and the tow package. <laughs> it is, it is It's a definitely very, a little self-aware, like, man, men are stupid. Yeah. <laughs> kind of humor. Well, and... And it, it's right, because fucking yes. car culture is is as tied into our dicks as, like, oh, gun and culture and sports and culture. And the whole negotiation about sticker price, proving, like, how much of a fucking, you know, smart, savvy consumer you are. Because, really, being a smart consumer is something that capitalism, like, truly prizes, you know. Oh, and, oh, look, and at, pushes look at this crafty people. one. See, if only you were as clever and crafty as this ideal consumer, then you wouldn't get ripped off, you rube. <laughs> 
No, and especially if you take advantage of our limited time offer, then you get to join that special elevated cadre of not rubes. Exactly. So why don't you come spend your money? Price um, going fast. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so we, they they give her a bunch of crap about the car, and then I do like the president's thing about you know when she's talking about, he's like okay, but get excited for it. What is it? And she's like, it's blue. It has air conditioning, and it's got this. This seems like the smell. Are you talking about the new car smell? That's the smell of freedom <laughs> and the chemicals that they treat the dash with. <laughs> yeah. It's like a whole shitload of tannery, like off gassing. Like, hooray. <laughs> and freedom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, I, I mean, I so mean, they're getting I all him. excited. He's like, bring the car back. And then, oh, and then I'm going to tell you something. Which is very much like uh, when, when we get back, the next time we see each other, I'll tell you about your mother, Jon Snow, uh, delivered by Ned Stark. Of like, oh, exactly. one of these people is doomed, aren't they? Yeah. Well, and their their interaction. This is actually like the first time. Well, maybe not the first time, but like the president and Mrs. Landingham are giving each other sass in equal measure. Yes. Or it's sort of it's charming that the characters. Are, are comfortable enough with each other, and it's also very, like... Well, and we're going to get are... more of that in the actual two cathedral itself when we flash back to young Bartlett and Landingham. Yep, and so it, it is setting the we're stage setting up, We're setting that, that up yeah. well. Um, Which so, is yeah, great. we get kind of all the setup here in the final bits that lead into two cathedrals when we, we just cut to Charlie putting down the phone in that somber kind of way. That lets you know that, that bad news is was on the other end of that phone call, and uh, Leo yep. comes up to him and sees him kind of shaking, and he's like, "What, you know, Charlie? What happened?" And uh, uh, another uh, episode title drop gets dropped yeah. here when he says there was an accident on 18th and Potomac. Uh, Mrs. Landingham crashed her new car coming back here, and she didn't make it. She's yep. dead. So. The I, I guess like the the story behind this is that <laughs> the actress was having a smoke break yes. and hanging out with Sorkin and was just like, hey, there's Ka- this Catherine thing I think- Houston, who is yeah. I will always know as the little old lady who just shows up on things to die. And I <laughs> I swear to God, her turn on Scrubs like I is will incredible. never forget. Oh, it's so I will good. never ever forget the effect that episode had on me it's because so it good. was it is devastating to I, watch oh, if you guys I haven't weeped. seen that episode i weeped that's the third ever yeah. episode of that entire show and that's why i'll always have a special attachment to that show i know it didn't age well and particularly in the later seasons but goddamn, that's a fucking that's such a good episode yeah it's so good uh so but yeah she dies so, uh, in that one too <laughs> uh unfortunately the actual actress is dead as well she died in 2012 of lung cancer well uh so rest and in peace, the, again Catherine Jesus. yeah the, the apocryphal thing is that she was on a smoke break hanging out and chatting with Sorkin right. and mentioned that she wanted to go do like a film project or something. Yeah, she's like, and hey, he I misinterpreted like this thing and, and freaked the fuck out and was like, uh, if she's not going to be around, I can do something. Right. And she just meant like temporarily. She's or, like, or like as a thing like, hey, this would be fun. Right. Or like something like, to do while she was still working on the West. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> like before this episode, they hadn't needed her a lot. So presumably she had plenty of free time. Sure, it was probably working. I was on probably thinking projects. of like, hey, agent, get me something else to do part time, because like they only need me once every six weeks to to talk to Josh and offer him a cookie. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, he then wait. I have how many like, lines this week? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, oh god, I got to do something. So right. they just wrote this thing into the arc, which also is 
is it informs the president's crisis about running for re-election because it is a um, it's a convergence of his the personal side of his campaign and the professional side right. of his responsibility to the American people. Right, and as we're gonna about to find out in two cathedrals, they've worked together for decades and decades and decades now. Uh, you know, like three or four decades at this point. We, you know, they, they met when he was what eighteen, twenty. You know, he's yeah. in college when they when they first meet for the first time. So, and I I think the understanding is that she he's, occupies he's known a her weird... longer than he's known his wife. I'll yeah. put it that way. And she occupies like a weird sort of older maternal role, maternal, yeah, like an aunt role. Because we never also see Bartlett's is... mother. We're we're about to see his father in two cathedrals, played by uh, Lawrence. Uh, uh, damn it, what's his last name? The guy from MSNBC. Oh Lawrence yeah, O'Donnell, um, Lawrence O'Donnell. O'Donnell. Yeah, Larry yeah. O'Donnell. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, plays Bartlett's dad um, in the next episode uh, in flashback. Yeah, uh, but we never see Bartlett's mom. Uh, so yeah, basically Mrs. Landingham fulfills the role of Bartlett's mom essentially. Yeah, and I mean we'll we'll dig in on it when we talk yes. about Tooth Cathedrals shortly. But it's like she occupies a niche that's very important to him, particularly in reference to his father and also as like a sort of where he I, I feel like he inherits a lot of his personal relationships with his children from because it's like trying to be this cool parent figure but also being you know tough but fair right. so there's a lot of interesting stuff with mrs landingham and now she's dead and now she's gone and uh we get some good acting with spencer here with john spencer with his reaction to the news where he's just kind of like in shock and since we don't see leo in shock ever it works really nicely uh and then he goes in to tell the president and the episode literally just ends on him breaking the news and we get zero reaction as we just fade to black uh as all of the reaction is basically saved up for two cathedrals yeah so that we'll get into after a brief break um because again it was not i mean this whole arc is tied very heavily together by these 90 seconds at the end of the episode. Yes. So it's sort of like another one of these times where it's more like a, you know, it's like a movie, except they had to break it into two bits to do two episodes. So that's it for 18th and Potomac. Um, I'm actually going to go back on my word and give you guys a break here. We're going to fade out and chop this up into two episodes because sweet Jesus, it was going to be like a hundred minutes long. And I really would prefer that you guys not hate us and get tired of listening to our voices because we like having you along on this journey with us. So I'm going to go ahead and fade this out and we'll pick it up in the next publication. Talk to y'all soon. Hey.